Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. So much to get through. It's going to be overtime tonight. I hope you've got a couple of hours put aside. I hope you don't have to be anywhere. Because where else would you want to be? Really. Honestly. Grab yourself a drink. Grab yourself a snack. Settle in. Put on a onesie. Put on a onesie for the Daily Boogie today. Why not? I won't tell anyone if you don't. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. I'm your host, Boogie Bumper, hopefully with you for the next couple of hours. I'm afraid, yes, it's going to be a long one. Wednesday is the day where I all of the shit that I have throughout the week, which I have to put on the back burner as things keep happening, this is where I just want to dump it on your doorstep. And we're going to fire through a whole bunch of tabs and a whole bunch of stories and a whole bunch of clips that I've got for you. You won't, you'll barely have time to breathe, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be one of those shows, so strap yourself in or strap yourself up, whichever you prefer, in your onesie. And if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to send me a picture of you in your onesie, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper. Ladies and gentlemen, I've had a hell of a 24 hours. It's been fantastic. What a ride. What a ride. First of all, though, I want to open tonight's proceedings with an apology. That's right. An apology. This is in regards to yesterday's show, which was received quite well by most people. But I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, I must apologize. I've got to come clean. I've led you astray. Because yesterday, all my troubles... No. Yesterday, uh, I went very hard on the issue of red flagging and sought to explain where this idea came from and the inherent dangers within it, but I must be honest with you, I've had a change of heart. I'm now in favour of red flagging. I am now in favour of exactly what the President said the other day at that press conference. I think it's going to be a tremendous idea to have the intelligence agencies with their powers of surveillance working arm in arm with the social media companies to flag potentially dangerous people who may be suffering from some kind of mental illness and have, you know, the FBI or, say, local law enforcement show up at the door, search their house, perhaps even take them in and commit them against their will. Where I thought that was a bad idea, I'm actually really on board with it. And I want to explain why. Hear me out. Hear me out. I have a number of reasons for changing my mind on this. Don't consider it flip-flopping. Consider it supporting the president okay this is this is how you maga ladies and gentlemen so let me explain my reasons for now supporting the president with this idea first of all 
what we know about the intelligence agencies, what we know about law enforcement is that they would never use their unlimited resources to target people politically. That would never happen. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can't trust the good men and women at the FBI, who can you trust? So I think, you know, it's on you as patriots to get behind the good people, the good men and women at the top of the FBI, and understand that they would never target people for political reasons or things of that nature. It would all be above board all the time. There would be a very strict process. The other thing to consider here is that both sides of what we once thought of as the Uniparty, even as even as far back as yesterday, what we once thought, thought of as the political establishment, both sides really agree that this is a good idea at the top. So it can't possibly be wrong. And I mean, if you can't trust the Uniparty, if you can't trust the establishment in Washington and the good people at the FBI and the CIA and the law enforcement agencies with all of their surveillance powers, then ladies and gentlemen, who can you trust? Who can you trust? Another thing to consider is Think of the people who are currently monitoring these platforms for potential hate speech. Because as we all know, ladies and gentlemen, certain political ideas these days have correctly been cast as pathological conditions. Do You, you might be somebody who has an issue with, say, children being put on hormone therapy before they reach puberty. Okay? Now, of course, you, you would be a bigot, but... You would also be afflicted with uh, a condition known as transphobia. And it, this is this is akin to a pathological hatred of trans people. Uh, you might have some very strong thoughts on immigration, ladies and gentlemen, for example. And of course, you know that this is a manifestation of a deep-seated hatred known as xenophobia. The fear of the other. The hatred of people who look different to you. And we know that certain organisations such as, say, the SPLC and the ACLU are currently charged with monitoring platforms like Facebook, for example, looking for these kinds of pathological afflictions to weed out the white nationalists. Incidentally, uh, they also declare Donald Trump to be a white nationalist, in case you didn't know. Donald Trump is cast as a white nationalist by these organisations. So there's that. So if you take all of these things into consideration, ladies and gentlemen, don't you think that you would feel safer in a world where perhaps somebody, a bigot, of course a bigot, a transphobic bigot might post a meme or something on Twitter. And this meme might, it might argue the case against putting children on hormone replacement therapy, for example. Wouldn't you feel safer knowing that these organisations are monitoring these platforms to weed out hate speech? Because really, transphobia is just a manifestation of an underlying hatred. And hatred is really, you know, one of the warning signs for people who may become violent, right? I mean, let's be honest here. Ever since the attack on that Planned Parenthood, people who are pro-life are now deemed as potential terrorists by some people, right? So I'm sure you, as a conservative, would feel a lot safer. As a MAGA-supporting, Donald Trump-supporting conservative patriot, I, I, pardon me, pardon me, as a true Donald Trump-supporting, MAGA, red-hat-wearing patriot, of course you would have to be on the side 
of a potential law and a potential policy that would see organizations who cast you as a transphobic bigot for not wanting to put children on hormone replacement therapy flagging your posts alerting the authorities to potentially have your guns taken away i mean it's the right thing to do guys and let's be honest here the government's not going to target anybody unnecessarily the government has never targeted anybody unnecessarily the law enforcement agencies have never been used for malicious purposes by political activists never happened so i think we can all agree that this is a tremendously good idea and look to be honest if you don't agree if you don't agree that people who post potentially sarcastic memes which have deemed to be a manifestation of some kind of pathological condition which can be a red flag indicator to hatred and potential violence in the future if you don't agree that these people should have their doors kicked down after their posts are being flagged on social media have their guns taken away and perhaps committed to a mental institution against their will much much like what occurred in the ussr ladies and gentlemen where people who were against the communist regime were de- declared to be mentally unfit because god love them uh, they you know they weren't patriotic enough they didn't support the president enough they couldn't see how good communism was when they were standing in their breadline so they had to be institutionalized so their poisonous thought didn't spread out uh, around the body politic and that was the correct thing to do obviously because they were probably bigots so i'm afraid if you don't agree with this then not only are you not a donald trump supporter not only are you now supporting the socialists of the democrat party not only are you not a patriot not only are you fake maga but darn it you're an extremist too you must be an extremist and I feel glad now knowing that I've told you the truth of why I support this obviously very good idea. Hopefully I can shake a few of the crazies and extremists out of my Twitter feed and out of my podcast audience. Because that's really important. It's really important to maintain a, a level of purity, of ideological purity. Because if you ain't with us, then gosh darn it, you're probably against us. So... Apologies, everyone. I got it wrong. It's a tremendous idea. Now I'm on the right track. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. (laughs) We're going to have a little fun tonight. One of the things that I've got lined up for y'all is um, perhaps a bit of metagame that's going on. One of the things that we don't often talk about, and that being the appointments to the court system in the United States under the administration of Donald Trump and the Senate leadership of Mitch McConnell, Massacre Mitch, as he's now known, by the way. Of course, if you, if you don't agree that Massacre Mitch is an appropriate hashtag, then you're probably going to get flagged in the future. So, you know, just just letting you know. Just letting you know. <laughs> so, Massacre Mitch. And so, uh, we're going to go over a little video that was put together by Vox explaining how Donald Trump is manipulating the court system, apparently. And... I find it very interesting because it's one of those things. Oftentimes we find ourselves having these conversations about things that bubble on the surface that aren't really that important, right? Well, let me put it this way. Perhaps not that important to most people at a particular time. 
like which hole you should piss in when you go to target is probably really important to a select group of people. But I suspect, in all honesty, um, not very important to the vast majority of people. Fairly or unfairly, rightly or wrongly, that's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. So while we have these conversations about things that aren't really important, uh, there is a whole subsection of politi- uh, political life that occurs while you sleep and things getting moved around. So uh, I, f- I found it very interesting that Vox would um, shine the torch on this for a number of reasons. So we're going to go over that tonight. Also want to cover some cultural appropriation. Got some weird and wonderful articles from around the web. Um, we've got an only in Australia story to balance it up with the Florida man stuff. It's a full plate. We have a full plate on offer. Racism, the court system, cultural appropriation, Florida men, escaped convicts, straight pride parade. We've got the lot. We've got the fucking lot here tonight. So you want to stick around. Let's open it up, though, with this. Ladies and gentlemen, if you thought your conversations at the dinner table at Thanksgiving were difficult because your father-in-law was a liberal and you're a conservative, then how about sitting down to dinner at this house? Gay man opposes Modesto's straight pride rally as adoptive mother helps organise it. Oh dear. Surely she must be flagged. If there's ever been a case for a red flagging, this would have to be it. Let's check this out. This isn't straight pride. This is... Hate pride. Hate pride. 28-year-old Matthew Mason identifies as a gay man and says he's angry about a straight pride rally planned in his... Hate pride. Now, you see. Now, don't, don't you agree with me? Do you see why I opened the show with that monologue? Do you see why I opened the show with admitting now that I have come full circle and I now agree with the red flagging system on social media? Because let's be honest here, if you're trying to organise some kind of straight pride parade, that is an obvious manifestation of hatred towards the homosexual community. And who's telling what could happen at one of these straight pride parades? Who knows, right? Because the key here is we need to stop violent occurrences before they happen. You heard what the president said. Aren't you a patriot? Do you not support the president? Where is your red hat? Go and get your red hat immediately and put it on and then you'll see the light. Because somebody who wants to organise some kind of straight pride parade, let's be honest, that they are filled with hatred for gay and lesbian people. And if they express such concerns on social media, then of course the FBI should kick down their door and drag them out and put them in a mental institution. Of course that should be the case. I I mean, anybody who doesn't agree with that just isn't a patriot must be fake MAGA. Community that's co-organized by his own adoptive mother. <laughs> this is the woman who raised me. Oh no. Actively working against my rights as a human being. Like, come on, you're a fully grown man now. You're a fully grown man now. This is the woman who raised me, who is now actively working against my human rights, my rights as a human being. I have a question. Does he still live at home? (laughs) Does he still live at home? Mom, what are you doing? You're embarrassing me in front of all of my gay friends. Mom, stop, stop. Don't do the the straight parade, Mom. Oh, my God. I hate it when she does this. Oh, God. Mom, Mom, I'm gay. Stop it. No, I'm not inviting my friends over for canasta. No. 
Are you going to stop the straight pride parade? Are you going to stop? If you don't stop, I'm not doing the dishes. If you don't stop, I'm not picking you up from the train station after work. Oh, my God. My own mother. How could you? How could you? Who I am as a person. Mm. He says the event put on by the National Straight Pride Coalition is more than just a celebration of heterosexuals. He worries it's a platform to divide and incite violence. <laughs> Dog whistling to white supremacy. <laughs> white supremacy? <laughs> well, again, to be fair, to be fair, see you see how this monologue at the start of the show makes sense, ladies and gentlemen? If you are uh, a, a straight person, this could potentially—you could potentially be a white supremacist. <laughs> if you are a sweet old lady who wants to organise a straight pride parade because you're proud of not being gay, then you could be the next Adolf Hitler. I mean, feel for this guy. This guy has been living with potentially a white nationalist for his entire life, and he didn't even know. The white supremacy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too familiar with the world of white supremacy. Could somebody please educate me on the topic um, before they get flagged and removed uh, by the authorities, preferably? If anybody knows a white supremacist on Twitter or Facebook, keep it on the down low because we need to extract a little bit of information before we report them to the authorities, the relevant authorities. I just want to know, do white supremacists have sexual preferences? Like, if so if, if you're a gay white guy, can you be a white supremacist too? What if you only have sex with other white men? Is that how we qualify? Is that how it works? So if, if I'm a gay man and I only have sex with white men, could I be deemed as some kind of white supremacist at that point? Or do I just have to like girls? Love it. Liking girls is such a Nazi thing to do. Wanting to have sex with women is so intolerant. <laughs> Being turned on by the form and figure of a lady is just like, man, it's like, I don't even know. Are you Hitler or something? How the hell could you do this to us? That is immediately inciting violence. Uh, I am afraid of violence, violence happening. Right. I don't want anyone in my community to be hurt. On the coalition's website, the group claims to be protecting traditional gender roles, Boo! Christian values, and the... Boo! Hatred! Protecting traditional gender roles. Well, how very Hitlerian of you. Sieg Heil! How dare white supremacist! <laughs> Nazi! Flag this post immediately. Contributions of Western civilization on American society. It is again white Caucasians who did come to this country to start liberty. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. This woman's white supremacist view of history makes me very uncomfortable, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I hope. I hope somebody is on their way. I hope some men in riot gear are on their way to this old lady's house right now. She probably has a gun. Let's be honest here. She sounds like one of those gun-toting neo-Nazis to me. Holy cow. I, I, you know what? I'm so happy I'm now on board with the flagging system because I had no idea just how bad the white supremacist problem was. Look at this example. Exhibit A. Holy shit. 
They're everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, they're everywhere. And gave us the greatest constitution in the world. But as Mother Melinda Mason says, the rally is meant to be a peaceful gathering that actually brings people together. Uh, You're looking to amp it yeah, up into something. Yeah, white nationalist people. Am I right, huh? Yeah, I know. You're bringing people together, all right. What, are you going to have a bunch of tiki torches and shit? Yeah. Bringing people together to hate people, aren't you? You big Nazi, you. You white supremacists. Bringing all the white supremacists together for the straight pride parade. Arrest, arrest her immediately in the chat. <laughs> arrest this person right now. <laughs> She's a problem. She's a potential terrorist. Thing that it's not, it's really going to be much more like a, on the purview of a church service, really. Great comment in the chat. Master of Blackjack says, I bet there were a bunch of flamey Nazis back in the day. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't get rid of that. Come on. Don't. Look, okay, I know he's Jewish, okay, but he buys me lots of pretty things. So he does, does he really have to go to the camp? I mean, come on. He looks, he's not going to like the uniform. Can we zhush up this camp a little bit? It's so icky. Mm. It's not fair. You know, I just love the way Adolf talks. Oh, and his sexy little mustache. Mm. Mm, does it for me every time. He, I can, I'll give him a mustache ride any day of the week. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, girls? Yeah? Really is. <laughs> I'd be locked up in a bunker with Uncle Adolf any time. It's just celebrating... Our beautiful country. She says everyone is welcome to attend, even members of the LGBTQ community, adding the intolerance doesn't come from their side. But for her son, Matthew, he says talk of the event itself is causing a lot of pain and anguish, and a rally like this doesn't belong in his hometown. Doesn't belong. This is not a positive message, and this community um, is committed to... Yes. Uh, promotion of uh, traditional gender roles, Christian values, and not aborting children. It's hatred. And uh, it doesn't belong in this town. The only place it belongs is probably Nuremberg in 1929 or 1930, something like that, <clears throat> where everybody's wearing brown uniforms <laughs> and the gays were in the closet <laughs> the way the white supremacists like them to be, apparently. So well done. Well done, young man. Gay man opposes Modesto straight pride rally as adoptive mother helps organise it. And a more awkward Christmas dinner I could not imagine. Let's get back to our main issue here. Like I said, this video came out on Vox a couple of weeks ago. I've, I've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. I only watched like the first 30 seconds or so of it, but I can reasonably, I can reasonably predict the kind of uh, angle that Vox is going to be taking here. So... Let's have a little look, because like I said, there's always a metagame to politics. There's always shit going on that nobody cares about and nobody wants to talk about. And when uh, one side of the, you know, the more activist, the more activist tip of, you know, the internet media community, when one side wants to highlight something like that, I, I tend to pay attention because I'm like, okay, they must be really upset about this to um, put something as boring as court appointments on their website. So let's have a look. 
President Trump really dislikes these judges. Ah. The Ninth Circuit is a disaster. Nobody can believe these decisions we're getting from the Ninth Circuit. It's a disgrace. The Ninth Circuit, everybody knows it. It's totally out of control. When Trump took office, most of the Ninth Circuit's judges had been appointed by Democratic presidents, and they overruled some of Trump's most provocative executive orders. The travel ban, emergency funding for a border wall, they all stopped here. Very hard to win at the Ninth Circuit, if not impossible. But that's changing. Uh, we're slowly putting new judges in the Ninth Circuit. Trump has already added seven new judges to the Ninth Circuit Court of Oh, look at that. <laughs> Very quietly. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Well, this doesn't bode well. This doesn't bode well for progress. This doesn't bode well for tolerance. My, oh, my. He's normalizing hatred, if nothing else. Probably a bunch of xenophobic, bigoted, racist, hateful judges. Probably straight people, which, of course, is akin to white supremacy. Um, This is very troubling waters, ladies and gentlemen. Very troubling indeed. Appeals. And by the end of his first term, there's a good chance that the Ninth Circuit could look very different. We usually think of the three branches of government as the president, Congress, and the Supreme Court. But it's down here in the lower federal courts where President Trump is building his longest lasting legacy. You know, when I got in, we had over a hundred federal judges that weren't appointed. It was like a big, beautiful present to all of us. Federal courts hear lawsuits involving the Constitution or laws made by Congress. Say a city pays a female employee less than her male counterpart. That violates the Equal Pay Act, a federal law. So that case would start here, where all federal lawsuits start, in a district court. Uh, pardon, pardon my interruption, but I was under the impression that all women get paid less than men. What's the figure? What is it? 78 cents to the dollar or something like that? Isn't that the thing they talk about, the gender pay gap, right? I, th I thought all women were getting paid less all the time. You, you mean there's actually a federal law against paying people different amounts of money based on their gender and doing the same job? What? What? <laughs> I wonder how many people who are watching this on, on Vox's channel just looked at each other and went, D what the hell? You mean there's already a law against this? <laughs> What the hell have we been marching for for the last 10 years? What the hell have we been picketing for? What the hell did I sign all those petitions for? My God, I have carpal tunnel syndrome. How the hell did that happen? Let's carry on. There's at least one in every state. For example, California is home to 61 judges who serve on the state's four district courts. If the case is appealed, it moves up to the aptly named Court of Appeals. It's made up of 13 circuit courts, and they each hear cases from different parts of the country. So a case that started in California will move up to the Ninth Circuit Court because they hear cases from the western part of the U.S. Ah. If it's appealed... Otherwise known as batshit crazy land, from what I've been told. Again, it'll go to the Supreme Court, but they only hear less than 100 cases a year. The circuit courts? <laughs> That's because it's very difficult to get Ruth out of bed these days. They only hear 100 cases a year because by the time Ruth gets out of bed, into the car, into her, into her, into her robes, into the car and into the courtroom, uh, the lineup is already out the door. They're already six months backlogged by the time she gets into work. So, uh, you know, don't blame the court process. They hear 50,000. 
For most federal cases, these judges give the final precedent-setting ruling. They're kind of a big deal. And Ooh. every single judge here is nominated by the president and serves for life. Now here's a chart showing how many circuit court judges a president confirmed by what time in their presidency. There's Ronald Reagan's, and this is George H.W. Bush's, Bill Clinton, oh, and George good. W. Bush. All pretty consistent, right? Now here's Barack Obama's. Look how it totally flatlines in his last two years. Yep. That's because all federal judges are nominated by the president, but then have to be confirmed by a vote in the Senate. And after the 2014 election, Republicans gained control in the Senate, and Mitch McConnell stopped holding votes on nearly all of Obama's court picks. From the Supreme... <laughs> now, there would be a lot of people in the audience who are saying, fuck you, uh, yep. Did you see at the start of the show, at the start of this little clip, pardon me, and they showed the graph and they said, oh, the majority of uh, people on these on this court are Democrats, appointed by Democrats, right? And it was very unbalanced towards the Democrats as a result. <laughs> and so Mitch McConnell, <clears throat> this is the thing. We've known for a long time that politics is a dirty game and we know that certain people in politics have the opinion of do whatever it takes, right? So they will fight dirty, they will scratch, they will claw. And I suspect for a long time, people out there in the world were lamenting the fact that their side doesn't fight as dirty as the other side. So, you know, if you're a progressive, if you're a Democrat, you can say how unfair it is that Mitch McConnell was holding up the uh, court appointments. You can say how unfair it is, right? But what people on that side have probably learned over the last five to ten years is it really doesn't matter how unfair you think something is because the other side is just going to screw you anyway. The other side is not interested in fairness. The other side is interested in winning at all costs. And so this is what happens when one side is interested in winning at all costs and doing whatever it takes and the other side finally snaps out of it and says, well, I guess we're going to have to match it because otherwise we're just going to get screwed. And so Mitch McConnell gave them the big middle finger and said, no, I'm not doing it. As long as I have the Senate, I'm just going to wait and get our own judges in. And then President Trump comes in, approves a whole bunch of judges. Next thing you know, it's a, it's a great injustice. It's a travesty. This should never have happened. How unfair. And a lot of people, I suspect, out there in the world, if they were aware of this information to this level, would probably say, so what? Fuck you. <laughs> right? It's the way it goes now. If you're going to make politics a life and death situation where you have to win at all costs, don't be surprised if the other side eventually adopts the same kind of mentality and screws you back. What the hell are you complaining about? This is what you wanted. This is what you wanted. This is what you fought for. This is what you have been advocating for since the 1960s, comrades. Complete domination. Don't listen to the other side. Fuck the other side. Fuck what they think. They're a bunch of racists and bigots and Nazis and homophobes and dinosaurs. Fuck them. We're going to run right over the top of them. <laughs> what, what did you expect was going to happen? They just go, okay. Okay, sorry. I guess we'll crawl off in a hole and die now. That was never going to happen. But you can't play the victim now, surely. 
This is the exact scenario you've been fighting for for the last five decades. What did you think was going to happen? Court, all the way down to the district courts. So when Trump took office, not only did he have a ton of vacancies to fill, he had a Republican-controlled Senate to help fill them Whoa. quickly. In fact, look Trump at a that. <laughs> and I love that they used the picture of him with that little shit-eating grin. <laughs> Looks like Trump is getting a lot of judges put in place on these uh, various courts, isn't? Doesn't it? Nearly twice as much as his predecessors. How about that? Appointed more circuit court judges in the first half of his first term than any other modern president. But his judges are different. This is where all the judges nominate. Ah, he's, you, this is where we get to the, the real crux of the issue. His judges are different, ladies and gentlemen. They're racists. Nominated <laughs> by each president fall on a scale between okay. liberal and conservative, determined by their past political donations. Right. And here's the median score for those judges. You can see that appointees on both sides have moved further to the left and right of their... Um, what are we basing this on? What are we basing... Who's determining the ideological... What What is seen as right and left? What's seen as far right and far left, right? Who's deciding what those definitions are? Because it says up the top there, data for progress demand justice. So... You know, I don't want to be too you know, rushed to judge, but uh, that does sound like the kind of name that might apply to a think tank who has a very different idea of justice and all the various types of justice, like uh, racial justice, environmental justice, social justice, trans justice, gay justice, urban justice, 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 right? So that's just my suspicion. So... Who determines where the ideological line is? Because as we all know, uh, things tend to change and things tend to evolve in certain ways. And what was once thought of as a moderate position, say, 20 years ago or 30 or 40 years ago when Ronald Reagan was in power would be seen as a quote-unquote far-right position today, right? You know, the various economic policies of a former Democrat like John F. Kennedy Jr., for example, uh, low taxes and wanting to break up the intelligence services. For example, uh, that would be that would be deemed as a far right position today. Low taxes, right? Smaller government. Uh, a number of Bill Clinton's proposals would be seen today as almost far right as well. A number of his economic policies. So I guess that makes him a little more centrist. Do you see what I'm saying here, right? So who decides? Things that were normal in generations past are no longer normal. And this is another reason why, of course, we need the flagging system online so we can have, you know, the various government bodies like the FBI, the CIA, kicking down people's doors based on their what were once moderate positions that they express on apps like Twitter and Facebook, for example, which are now obviously manifestations of hatred and bigotry, like the idea that you should have a border and control who comes into your country. I mean, <laughs> racist, right? Xenophobic. Potential terrorist. White, white supremacist terrorist here on Twitter. Found one. Look, Jim, this guy says that uh, America should have a border and that all immigrants should come in legally 
and have the appropriate paperwork. Well, well, make sure you put a big red flag next to that guy's name. That's how all white supremacist terrorists start, you know, arguing for what they call rational immigration policy. <laughs> rational, you know, rash, rational, rationally, rationality and reason and logic. Let's be fair. These were just inventions of old white men in ancient Greece to help perpetuate white supremacy 4,000 years into the future, which we live in today. So, you know. To the left and right of their party's medians. But Trump's median pick is more conservative than Obama's was liberal and more conservative than his Republican predecessors. Right. And if you look at the ideological distribution of judges appointed mm. by previous presidents, mm. you can see tails at either end. Both Republican and Democratic presidents appointed some judges that leaned the other way. Mm. But Trump, not really. Not really. Trump's different. <laughs> <laughs> Judging by this little graph, though, he has appointed more centrists than Barack Obama did. Have you noticed that? Look at that. Isn't that awkward? But again, uh, I suspect, my suspicion is that this whole thing is probably bullshit based on the ever-evolving definition of what ideology is right now. I mean, we watched an interview with Marianne Williamson, the Democratic star, star-chasing hopeful for the White House, and she, you know, she had her, all of her socialist policies read back to her. And she said, you know, what kind of, they asked, what kind of a socialist are you? And she said, well, I'm not a socialist. I'm a capitalist with a conscience. And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, See this book here of political philosophy? Let's just throw that on the fireplace because that doesn't mean fucking anything anymore. Let's just get rid of that. (laughs) Capitalist with a conscience. That's a new one. Now, I've got Wealth of Nations, uh, the book written by Adam Smith, basically regarded as like the Bible of capitalism. I've got it on the shelf in there. Um, I flicked through it. I can't find capitalist with a conscience defined in there anywhere yeah maybe it's somewhere in the back it's a long book it's a long book don't blame me for not getting through it let's carry on traditionally presidents need to work with the senate if a judgeship opens up in say texas the nominee would need the approval of the texas senators no approval no vote it makes presidents compromise with the opposite party and prevents them from stacking the courts with super partisan judges ah That's why these past presidents had to have a spectrum of judges. Mm. But when Trump nominated two men for seats on the Ninth Circuit, the court that keeps overturning Trump's executive orders, the two Democratic senators from California opposed both of them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because let's be honest here, the Democrats would be very willing to work with Donald Trump and his various picks for, you know, the judges at the various courts. They're very reasonable people these days. I mean, sure, they have their problems with Donald Trump, but that doesn't mean that they can't work with him to find a, you know, a consensus-like solution when it comes to uh, court appointments, surely. I mean, you saw the way they treated Brett Kavanaugh very fairly. It was a very fair hearing. They they didn't go over the top. They, they were very uh, open to nominating Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, quite rightly. So the Democrats, you know... The Democrats would obviously be very willing to work with Donald Trump and the Republicans for their court appointments. Yeah, I remember one guy, um, they said that he wrote something back in high school, which uh, they've declared to be white nationalist, by the way. I can't remember the details of it. One judge. And he wrote some essay back in high school. And they said, well, there's some very troubling ideas in here about immigration and stuff. And they rejected him, which is fair enough, I guess. 
But besides from that, I mean, the Democrats very willing to work with the Donald Trump administration when it comes to court appointments, surely. Calling them far outside the judicial mainstream. Ah. One, because of some controversial writings in college. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the quote for far outside the judicial mainstream, just to show, just to prove that this video is very unbiased and very objective, uh, the quote for these judges of far outside the mainstream came from Diane Feinstein, otherwise known as Shanghai Dai, <laughs> for her affinity for uh, Chinese nationalists to be driving Miss Daisy. Them far outside the there you go far outside the judicial mainstream based on an essay they wrote back in college <laughs> judicial mainstream one because of some controversial writings in college yeah. and the other because of his prior work as a defense lawyer including for oil companies where he argued climate oh. change isn't real oh oh far outside the mainstream these are very fringe beliefs ladies and gentlemen very fringe ideas far outside the mainstream. These are dangerous judges. We can't have these judges on the Ninth Circuit. Somebody defended oil companies in court cases? My God. My God. This is akin to white supremacy, Diane. I hope you're going to put a stop to this. I mean, if this guy had have got on the court... Uh, Earth's lifespan, ladies and gentlemen, might have been drastically reduced from, say, 12 years to 10. They they literally tried to rob us of two extra years. Do you believe it? Normally, this would mean they would never get a vote, let alone a hearing. But Republicans aren't honoring the century. Normally, these guys would never get a vote. Normally, they wouldn't even get their foot in the door. I mean, did you read what that kid wrote back in in uh, college? That essay? My God, man. Very old informal rule. And judges are being confirmed without the support of either home state senators. Oh, wow. Including those two on the ninth. Trump has tragedy. now appointed seven new judges to the Ninth Circuit. One because Obama's nominee wasn't allowed to vote, oh. and four without the approval of home state senators. Oh, that's awful. He's expected to appoint at least two more judges before his first term is over. This is what the circuit courts looked like when Trump became president at the beginning of 2017. And here's how the courts look halfway through 2019. <laughs> it's expected that every president gets to have an impact on the federal courts. That's normal. But Trump only got to fill these seats because of McConnell's refusal to hold a vote on Obama. Oh, all those seats? <laughs> Again, if you set the terms that it's win at all costs, if you set the terms that uh, fuck what the other side want, we don't care, we're not working with them, we're going to do whatever the hell we want because the other side are dinosaurs, Nazis, racist bigots, what, and what have you, then why the hell should they help you? Right? Why the hell should Mitch McConnell have approved Obama choices if that's the way you're going to roll? So the decision was probably very an, a very easy one for Mitch McConnell to make, and it's probably one that has a lot of support in the people who voted for Donald Trump and the Republicans in 2016. That being, fuck you, because if we let you in, uh, you're just going to do it anyway. So, you know. This is what you wanted. This is the reality you wanted. Don't come crying now. Picks. None of these Trump picks had the support of both senators from their home state. Uh. 
And as a group, Trump's picks are more conservative than his Republican predecessors. According to an indefinable ideological spectrum, which was not explained at all. <laughs> in 2018, Mitch McConnell laid out his goals the for toil. the federal judiciary in a radio interview. Appointing uh, and confirming these strict constructionists to the courts who are in their late 40s or early 50s, and we're making a generational change in our country that will be uh, repeated over and over and over down through the years. Ah! No! The cries from California could be heard the world over. Do you see... Only one side is allowed to make generational change, ladies and gentlemen. Only one side is allowed to make generational change that will be repeated through the years over and over. Only one side is allowed to take the young, educate them in a certain way, put them into an education system which goes from you know middle school to high school to college. Only one side is allowed to perpetuate their ideology from generation to generation. Only one side is allowed to argue for generational change, which is why only one side says things like, hey, if you vote for that guy, they're going to send us back 50 years. We've had 50 years of generational change here on our side. You don't want to fuck that up now. Only one side is allowed to argue for generational long-lasting change in a country when they get elected. Your job is to sit there and take it raw. And not complain too hard, lest you be flagged online and the FBI pay you a visit for displaying potentially hateful ideology, which could at one stage in the future become some kind of problem manifesting itself in some kind of violent act. And, you know, we really need to stop these crimes before they happen. So, so sorry. So sorry about that. Which is why, of course, I'm now on board with the red flagging system. To stop these criminals and psychopaths before they do anything wrong. I want the SPLC monitoring Facebook, flagging people. If Again, if you have some kind of problem with children getting gender reassignment surgery, why this would be, this would be an indicator that you are afflicted with pathological transphobia, which is a manifestation of underlying hatred, hatred which could very well manifest itself into some kind of violent act, and it then, it's then our responsibility to flag you and have the authorities, which would never target people unfairly. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> the law enforcement agencies and the surveillance state with their unlimited resources have never been weaponized against the private citizen. Never, ever, ever, ever. They always do the right thing. So it would be, you know, appropriate then to have them knock on your door, search your home, take any firearms you might have, and perhaps commit you to a mental, uh, mental institution against your will the president said it, it must be a good idea, right? <laughs> uh, I found this interesting. Since we are on the topic of white nationalism and flagging people online fairly because of the hatred that they may or may not have in their little hearts, uh, this has been circulating on MSNBC, ladies and gentlemen. Warning signs for me, Brian. Ironically, they weren't from my experience in domestic terrorism, but rather they were from my experience in international terrorism Warning and radicalization signs. to Islamic Jihad. Um, you see the same things happening now <clears throat> in white hate. Uh Again, um, people, the, the experts, ladies and gentlemen, the experts at identifying potentially dangerous people online, they've got your back. 
that people who are experts at identifying potentially dangerous utterances on platforms like Twitter and Facebook who want to empower the law enforcement and surveillance state to monitor these things, to flag potentially dangerous people before it happens, they've got, they're on your side. They're here to help you. The government is here to help. Here's an example groups and white supremacy groups um, where not only is the internet facilitating the speed of radicalization but but our leader our, oh. our chief executive is seen as almost a mentor and a radicalizer right. and unfortunately today we did not Donald Trump is a terrorist mentor and radicalizer okay hear what we needed to hear from that person that these extremists and unstable people look to. Mm. He spoke mm. in the in the uh, passive voice, in the collective voice. We didn't hear first person from him. We didn't- <laughs> see, I can't I can't for the life of me see any potential problems with a flagging system whereby people who uh, work for government agencies or who are policing online hate speech and whatnot deem the president himself to be a radicalizer of young men and inspiring terrorist acts. What could possibly go wrong? And here, I condemn white hate ideology. We heard the nation must condemn it. Well, the nation does condemn it, but we didn't hear what we needed to hear. So what happens is the extremists interpret what the president read off the script today as something he needed to say, right. something he, he didn't really want to say. So the president's either getting... So, <clears throat> here's the kicker. If you thought the president was making that press conference in an in an effort to appease the other side, right? Because that conversation's been floating around out there in social media, hasn't it? Oh, he didn't really mean it. He just said it. He's just appeasing the other side, right? He didn't really mean what he said. It's not going to do it, guys. Relax. Guess what? <laughs> if you think that, <laughs> you're an extremist too. <laughs> Yay! Flag this extremist motherfucker before he shoots up a mall or something. Really good advice and rejecting it, or he's getting really bad advice. And and I'll give you an example of that. We have to understand the adversary and the threat we're dealing with. And if we mm, don't understand how they think, we'll never understand how to counter them. So it's little things and language and messaging that matters. The pre- Gotta understand how they think, ladies and gentlemen. President said that we will fly our- Thought crimes. Thought crimes coming your way. Our flags at half mast until August 8th. That's 8 8. Now, I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary uh. that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8 8 are very significant in neo Nazi and white supremacy movement. God, God fucking God save the people who are on Twitter and were born on the 8th of August. Because if you celebrate your birthday publicly in the future, you might get flagged. <laughs> what are you doing? It's just my birthday. Shut up, Nazi. Have you got any guns? We know you've got guns in the house. <laughs> what a fucking great idea. Can't wait. The experts never get anything wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, the entire Washington establishment, which we hated last week, you know, the Uniparty, 
you know, the swamp, the whole swamp agrees that this is a fucking great idea. How could you be against it? Why? Because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, the numbers 8-8 eight, eight together stand for Heil Hitler. <laughs> We're through the looking glass, people. Ah. <laughs> uh. Can I just put a call out to the white supremacist would-be terrorists out there? Next time you're going to commit some kind of mass atrocity, please be mindful of Adolf Hitler's birthday. It's his special day, not yours, okay? Don't be selfish. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> uh, Nicole Wallace, ladies and gentlemen, one of my personal favourites. Um, newsbusters who do some tremendous work put together a little montage of her change from Republican to not so Republican to, God, I hate this Nazi. He, I've never been prouder to be a Republican. All my Republican friends want to know how I've come to terms with this so easily. As someone who once proudly called myself a Republican, I'm a non-practicing Republican. The Republican Party's dead. <laughs> <laughs> the Republican Party sucks. The party will be permanently associated with misogyny. I think it's really important that Democrats take over the House and or the Senate. You don't have a president. She's, she, has, she has progressed at fantastic speed. Uh, this kind of progression, ladies and gentlemen, this is something to be applauded. In just two short years, we went from proud Republican to the Republican Party is dead and associated forever with misogyny. It's bravo. Usually it takes at least at least four years of liberal arts college to achieve what Nicole has achieved in two years. I think she should be commended. She should be given an award. She should do tours of college campuses. Hey, I was once a, I was once a bigot, and now I'm, I'm I'm a progressive, tolerant, modern woman, and you can too. With this easy twelve-step program. I've never been prouder to be a Republican. All my Republican friends want to know how I've come to terms with this so easily. As someone who once proudly called myself a Republican, I'm a non-practicing Republican. The Republican Party's dead. <laughs> <laughs> the Republican Party sucks. The party will be permanently associated with misogyny. I think it's really important that Democrats take over the House and or the Senate. You don't have a president, as you said, talking about exterminating right. Latinos. Where are the Democrats? Why aren't we marching on these facilities? We. I don't know how- We! <laughs> That's we, the Democrats. We over here at the Democrats. Why aren't we marching? Why aren't we marching against this Hitler in chief on the, who's, who's putting the flags at half masts for the 8th of the 8th to dog whistle neo-Nazis, ladies and gentlemen? Why aren't we marching against these facilities? That is assist without swearing. Is the president this much of a bleep hole? Donald Trump. A bleep hole? <laughs> Is the president this much of a bleep hole? Um, tweets with his little thumb. Isn't she adorable? Thumbs. All he had to do was not, you know, put on jammies and crawl under the covers with Vladimir Putin. He uh, rages away at Twitter and his jammies. And he wears his jammies. Donald jammies. Trump is in his jammies. I think the word he's groping for in his jammies before all... What's with the jammies? <laughs> President's such a bleep hole in his jammies. Now, I'm not one to accuse the corporate media of dumbing down the population. That would never happen. I would never do that. Uh, obviously, <laughs> these are the utterances and the thoughts of a very well-honed intellectual, ladies and gentlemen. Top of a game. Sharp as an axe. Sharp as a tack. Yep. 
I hope we're all learning something here. Progress. <laughs> this coffee or maybe before his Ambien wore off is jammies. Donald Trump's <laughs> daily, sometimes hourly assault on the rule of law in this assault. country. Maligning the FBI. Hamburger eating, Zamboni riding loon. Maligning Robert Mueller. Yeah, Donald Trump hates the FBI, but we should really have the FBI monitoring social media and flagging people as potentially dangerous terrorists, though. Oh, nothing, nincompoop. Maligning Rod Rosenstein. Some crazy stuff. I think there should be a truth teller in the corner of every <laughs> Trump event who is, you know, sort of holding a scroll and saying, lie. You know more about the Trump women, the Trump mm -hmm. family than anyone. Are they numb? Are they dead inside? Are they paid? <laughs> Are they dead inside? <laughs> wow. <laughs> she is really on a tear. <laughs> Kind of like when a jockey falls off a horse at the Kentucky Derby. And the horse that doesn't have the jockey runs a lot faster. But it tends to plow into a lot of the hurdles as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? She lost her jockey somewhere around the first turn. And her, ho her horse has just bolted. <laughs> <laughs> They're dead inside. He's in his jammies. It just gets better and better off. I mean, what's their deal? I told Jeb Bush after that debate that I thought he should have punched him in the face. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, we don't want to normalize violence against our political opponents, though, do we? Yeah, Jeb Bush, you should have really punched that guy in the face. Fuck him. Fuck him. Ladies and gentlemen, the quick progressive... Uh, sea change of Nicole Wallace in just two and a half short years went from proud Republican to Republican to recovering Republican to Democrat to let's punch the president in the face. <laughs> what a girl. She's my girl. Big fan. Uh, here's something that somebody sent me. Who's seen this? Ads for ultra-violent satire The Hunt pulled in wake of US mass shootings. Promotion for the movie in which humans are hunted for sport is stalled after El Paso and Dayton killings and studio reported rethinking the strategy. <clears throat> TV ads for The Hunt, an ultra-violent political satire in which elites stalk and kill deplorables, <laughs> have been pulled in the wake of the El Paso and Dayton mass shootings. I've got the, I've got the, I've got the short here. I don't know if I should play it or not because I think that's probably enough to get me flagged online as a potentially dangerous person. You know, I mean, it's glorifying violence, right? I mean, if you if if you bring up uh, a movie like this in a show a show like this where elites are hunting down Trump supporters in the wake of these mass shootings, well, uh, that's just the same as spreading hate speech online. Is isn't that the same as encouraging copycat behavior? And surely, like, I wouldn't want to be a part of that. I wouldn't want to be associated with that kind of behavior. Because you never know, right? I mean, obviously, somebody who is showing material that glorifies mass shooting in the wake of a mass shooting must potentially be a dangerous person who needs to be flagged and probably is going to commit some kind of atrocity themselves in the future. I mean, it's just science, guys. It's just science. Just makes sense. And it's really, we just want to protect people. We really just want to save people's lives. So I probably won't, I won't show it, but... <clears throat> Movie showing elites hunting down Trump supporters slated to hit theatres in September. I'll tell you what, I'll post the link in the Discord and you can watch it yourself. 
A movie showing liberals stalking supporters of Donald Trump is slated to be released in September, but has lost an advertisement on ESPN in the wake of two mass shootings. The movie The Hunt from Universal Pictures and apparently a vehicle for Hillary Swank, who has done nothing for a long time. So well done, Ms. Swank. Welcome back to Hollywood. Uh, here's a line from the movie. Did you see anyone? Did you see what our expletive in chief just did? Um, I don't know. Did Nicole Wallace write this script? The, the poopy head in chief. Did you see what this big meanie in his jammies did? Is that the expletive that I'm missing here? I don't know. One character asks others early in the movie, reported the Hollywood Reporter, quote, at least the hunt's coming up. Nothing better than going out to the manor and slaughtering a dozen deplorables. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Now, I can see people getting outraged at this, but hear me out. You shouldn't get outraged. One, it's a movie, okay? And there's going to be movies made about things we like and don't like all the time. But you might say, well, that's not good enough because this is a violent atmosphere now. Yeah, but I'm not really the flagging type, so I'm not going to call for movies to get banned. I'm not going to call for movies to get flagged because they might inspire acts of terrorism because I'm not retarded like that. So um, what I will say, though, is if the movie is the elites hunting the deplorables then unless the elites wipe out all of the deplorables, aren't the deplorables going to win? <laughs> like, it's Hollywood, right? Isn't it going to be the case that one or two of the deplorables at the end of the movie wipe out the liberal elites and win the day and become the fucking heroes, even though they've got southern accents and they're uneducated white supremacists and all of that stuff, and they're racist? I mean, surely the rich guys who are doing the hunting won't win. It's a movie, right? <laughs> so what are you getting upset about? You're getting upset now, but I guarantee you're going to go and watch it. And then when the deplorable wins at the end, you're going to be like, yeah, kick ass, we won, fuck those elites, woo! <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so just chill, it's a fucking movie. You're going to win. <laughs> the good guy is going to win at the end of the movie, trust me. <laughs> it's generally what happens generally the way it goes the deplorables are the underdogs dr s in the chat exactly so don't get upset before you've seen it <laughs> who knows you might fucking like it at the end of the day just relax it's okay it's gonna be all right it's gonna be fine uh here's our hero for the week ladies and gentlemen fort lauderdale woman fights off man accused of breaking into apartment yes it's a florida story now, a woman getting a rude awakening. I don't know who you are. Get out of my house. <laughs> a brazen burglar on the attack. And I seen that look on his face. My life was in danger. But she fights back. I was able to find him, and I didn't even have my teeth in my mouth. Just one station with the danger at the door. Yes! Well, you heard her. That homeowner turning the tables after the alarming attack. And a seven's Brandon. I was able to find him. I didn't have my teeth in my mouth. <laughs> Imagine being the criminal. Imagine being the home invader who shows up at prison. Hey, aren't you that guy that got beaten up by that little old lady with dentures? <laughs> We're going to be cellmates. Hello. Welcome to Cell Block G. Uh, you will enjoy your stay here. You'll, you'll be very safe. There are no pensioners here. You'll be pleased to know. So. Fire reports that guy would not get very far. He was telling me, no, mama, everything's going to be all right. Everything's not going to be all right. I'm not your mama.
Oh no, come on. All right, everything's not going to be all right. I'm not your mama. No, everything's not going to be all right. I'm not your mama. <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to hear this lady out. We've got to hear her out. I would not get very far. He was telling me, no, mama, everything's going to be all right. Everything's not going to be all right. I'm not your mama. I don't know who you are. Get out of my house. <laughs> Police say Fitzroy Morton tried to break into 61-year-old Alice Coleman's Fort Lauderdale apartment early Monday morning. Isn't she a pocket rocket? Holy shit. No, uh, ain't nothing going to be all right. Ain't your mama? <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm in love. And if that's the case, he picked the wrong person. I was able to bite him, and I didn't even have my teeth in my mouth like now. They said, <laughs> <laughs> "It's the best. This chick is the best. I love this woman. I was able to bite him. I didn't even have my teeth in my mouth. How about that? Who needs who needs guns? Everybody, hand in all your weapons and your teeth." <laughs> A man was arrested today after uh, after threatening to gum people to death on Twitter. He is deemed as potentially dangerous. He is armed and eating everything through a straw. Hand in your guns, hand in your teeth. You don't need them. Just gum people to death. My, my brother and them say, how did you bite him? I say, with the little teeth I got, I beat him. Alice says she woke up early to the fire alarm going off. When she opened her front door to check it out, she said... <laughs> she a fucking ball of energy, too. <laughs> 61 years young. As Morton pushed his way in. I felt some kind of danger. I sensed it. And I seen that look on his face. My like life, OJ. we're in danger. But Alice is a fighter, and the man nearly had... Yes, hashtag gum control now. <laughs> Absolutely. We need gum. We need gum control. Okay. You know, back, back in my day, we didn't need firearms. You see, I just I just wrapped my old gums around the, the assailant's arm, and he dropped his weapon almost immediately. And he ran out of the house screaming for his mother. And I said, I ain't your mama. You know, I'm not afraid of anything. I can catch bullets in these gums, you know. You know, no steak is too too chewy for me. I will bite right through the femur of an assailant uh, with little more than the power of my jaw. After age was no match. I ran out, and when I ran out, he locked himself in here, locked me out of my own place. She ran to a neighbor's and called police. He locked me out of my own place, motherfucker. <laughs> the police came and they asked me where he was. I told him that he was in my apartment. The police knocked on the door. If you look carefully, she's got dinner going on the stove behind her. <laughs> she's giving an interview. She's doing reenactments and she's cooking dinner at the same time. What a start. They don't make them like they used to. And said, the police, he opened the door. And when he opened the door, they pulled him out and put the handcuffs on him and took him in the car. Fitzroy Charles Morton. He was still in cuffs when he stood before a judge Tuesday morning, now facing three felonies. And the court does find probable cause. Not surprising, because cops say while locked in the apartment, Morton was up to no good. He had a big butcher knife here. 
and two butcher knives here. With Morton locked up, Alice is back to her spunky self. Shrimp scampi. Oh, looking good, Mama. Mm. Some shrimp scampi for the hero. She probably fed the camera crew, you know what I mean? <laughs> now, y'all y'all in here with your cameras and all that stuff. Y'all sit down. You could eat, honey. Look at you all, skin and bone. You sit your ass down. We're going to have some shrimp scampi together. Oh, really? We've got to get back to work. This has got to make the 6 o'clock news. Uh-uh. I don't want to hear you no complaining. You sit your ass down in that chair. We're going to eat. <laughs> you skin and bone, honey. <laughs> I guarantee you. Or she put it in little containers for them to take home. You know what I mean? Ah, oh, wonderful. What a hero. What a hero. Uh, this was going around the other day. People would have seen this. A Brazilian guy who tried to escape prison by dressing up as his teenage daughter, which I thought was ingenious. I If, if I'm the guy who catches him, I almost want to let him go. You know what I mean? I almost have to say this is by far the best prison break I have ever seen in my life. Go on, I'll give you a fighting chance. I'll give you 10 minutes, go. Because you know it's going to be fun to chase somebody who's this smart, right? Look at this. Have a look at him. <laughs> yes, this is a Brazilian gang leader. Ladies and gentlemen, deep fakes just got real. Gee, I wish I spoke Portuguese. Because I'd love to know what the guards are saying to each other while they're doing this. <laughs> are they standing there while they're disrobing this young man saying, do you believe this fucking guy? Have a look at this. Where the hell did you get this mask from? Where did you get this? This is amazing. Halloween's coming up. My kid wants to dress up as the the, the character from Scream. I need to... Have you got a rubber guy? Tell me, where is your rubber guy? I need to know. We'll give you a TV in your cell. Even, even had the training bra. <laughs> even had the training bra. There you go. There he is. I must say, uh, he could, he might be a bloodthirsty uh, gang leader who's probably committed heinous crimes. But bravo, <laughs> bravo. You know, genius and brilliance, ladies and gentlemen, can be both good and evil. And when you see it, you just have to give him a round of applause. But I'm afraid it actually ends on a sad note. A Brazilian drug dealer who attempted a prison escape by dressing as his daughter is found dead in his cell. And it's like, ah, ah, now 
makes sense. <laughs> now we now we kind of know why he was trying to get out of the out of the prison. Gotcha. Yeah, that's tough. A Brazilian inmate who went viral around the world for his attempt to escape prison disguised as his daughter was found dead in his cell on Tuesday. Prison officials told CNN that Cluvino da Silva appeared to have taken his own life. He was serving a 73-year sentence for drug dealing. Ouch. On Saturday, da Silva disguised himself as his 19-year-old daughter, hoping to escape from the high-security prison where he was detained. The prison guards recorded the convicted drug dealer taking off his clothes when they noticed it was not the man's daughter. Wait, so they got him to... Whoa, 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 whoa. So they had it... They had him taking off his clothes before they realized he was not the daughter. <laughs> That's kind of a little weird. <laughs> Excuse me, young girl. Can you please take your shirt off? <laughs> oh, wait. It's a guy under there. Wow. Fuck, we got lucky, didn't we, Jose? <laughs> Woo, what a catch. Uh, yes, we noticed uh, the young lady walking through the prison, and then we asked her to remove her clothes, uh, her shirt, and her bra, and that's when we noticed that it was a, an inmate trying to escape. <laughs> Tremendous police work, Rodriguez. <laughs> the video was then released by Brazil's prison authorities, where it was promptly picked up by the international media. Images of De Silva's escape ruse, a silicon mask with long black hair and a teenage-themed T-shirt, made headlines throughout Brazil. Silva's death comes on the heels of a massive gang battle in a prison in northern Brazil that killed 57 people on July 30. 16 prisoners were decapitated. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Very badly worded sentence, Kimmy. Yes, exactly. Do you want to be YouTube famous? Let me ask you. When you think of a future for your children, is it astronaut, fireman, chief justice of the Supreme Court, perhaps? world-renowned scientist, star athlete, breaking glass ceilings, breaking world records, winning gold medals. Maybe it's TV star, celebrity. Maybe you just want your child to grow up to be a well-rounded, loving person, to have their own family and live in happiness. Maybe that's good enough. Maybe you want your child to become president of the United States one day. That is, of course, before it becomes a dictatorship. <laughs> Get your posts in now while you can. So, <laughs> other parents, though, have very different goals for their children. Some parents, ladies and gentlemen, want their children to become YouTube e-celebs. Possibly, potentially, perhaps, so they can one day wear low-cut t-shirts and play video games on Twitch and have very thirsty men hand over their PayPal accounts. <laughs> because they enjoy watching them play Fortnite and jiggle around in their chair. Just maybe. Like, even getting to, like, 10 subscribers would be, uh, I'd be really happy about. Carmen Yeager wants to be a popular YouTuber. So instead of spending the summer swimming or playing sports, she's at YouTube camp. YouTube camp, yay! Rachel, what are you doing? I, I'm just playing. I'm just playing soccer with my friends. Rachel, you put that ball away and you get in the house and in front of the computer games immediately. You, how do you think you're going to grow up to be a YouTube star unless you stop going outside, young lady? <laughs> but mum, my eyes hurt. I don't want to hear any more about it. 
You will finish that level on Fortnite, so help me God, or you won't get any dinner until you do. But, Mum, my, my fingers hurt and my eyes hurt, and I just want to go outside and have some sunlight on my skin. I think I'm getting rickets. Enough with your complaining. I'm doing this for your benefit. You know, those goblins in that video game aren't going to slay themselves, young lady. Uh, uh, Rachel, are you, are you doing mathematical homework? Well, yeah, teacher said I have to. Oh. Oh, your daughter is in there doing actual schoolwork again. You go and talk to her this time. She doesn't listen to me. She won't put down the calculus. There's something wrong with that kid. You're, if you if you don't stop doing homework, if you don't stop doing that history essay, you're going to YouTube camp in the summer. No, I want to swim in the pool. Shut up. <laughs> if I go to a normal camp, it's just having fun. If I come here, I'm learning while I'm having fun too. Julian Polycarp wants to see fame too. I guess my main goal is just gain a pretty good follower, subscriber base. Well, I gotta have goals. <laughs> have goals i guess the best way to um gain a good subscriber base now uh young man would be to well, one example would be to throw on a red mega hat and walk into a new york cafe that'll probably get you some followers <laughs> another way to be uh to get to yourself some youtube followers might perhaps be to wear a pair of hot pants and go to a uh, gay pride parade and shake it for the cameras that might get you some subscribers I mean, there are formulas out there already. I mean, if you're thinking that you're going to do something normal, something sane, something creative, uh, I'm sorry, that ship has sailed, young man. We're only interested in uh, the cultural garbage of society these days. That's what we want. We want the clicks. We want the hits. We want the outrage stuff. That's that's what's going to move copy in 2025. Believe me, make a little bit of money off of it. Bolt students are studying the skill through ID Tech in New York City. It's one of several such camps being held across the country. Yep. We're teaching life skills at summer camp, like, you know, how to work together in a, in a team mm -hmm. and how to collaborate and, and understand how to give and receive feedback. Who knows? These campers. <laughs> just imagine if just one of these kids was like, uh, I want to grow up to be a conservative blogger. And then that kid gets flagged for being a potential white supremacist. <laughs> Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, hi. My name's Adam, and uh, I want to grow up to be a conservative blogger. You see, um, I believe that in order for America to be a country, uh, we need to have a, a strong border and a strong immigration uh, policy. And, um, you know, we need to welcome immigrants legally, and we need to stop the flow of illegal immigration, which is having an undue uh, negative effect on, on our infrastructure and our social welfare programs. We've got a xenophobic in the class, ladies and gentlemen. We've got we've we've unearthed another xenophobic. <laughs> Get this kid flagged immediately. His parents probably have guns. Only it's actually child abuse. If your kid, you know, if your ten year old kid came out and said some horribly offensive xenophobic shit like that, it's probably an indicator that they have a very poor home life. I mean, if they have, a, especially if they have like two parents, like a mother and a father, that's very heteronormative. It's normalizing traditional gender roles, which as we learned from our very first item on today's show is akin to white supremacy, right? 
if you're celebrating traditional gender roles, if you're celebrating Christian values, then you are basically a Nazi now. So just wanted to put that out there. Uh, just want to give you a fighting chance before we start going around and flagging you. So, you know, if the kid is expressing these kinds of outdated, bigoted views, then one can only surmise that there, it must be a horrible household of stability and strong values and tradition. And this is exactly the kind of thing that leads to white supremacist terrorist violence, of course. So, uh, you know, we need to stamp that out as quickly as possible. Um, okay. One more article here and then I'll, I'll do a, a couple of videos for you. Louisiana. Who here is from Louisiana? Um, Louisiana was never on my go-to list of places, should I ever make it to the United States. Wasn't far off, because I do want to get to the Deep South and have a bowl of gumbo at some point. That's on my hit list. But I thought, yeah, Louisiana, there's other places in the South that I'd probably rather see first. I might have to adjust my itinerary, according to this headline. Louisiana woman says meth found hidden inside body part is not hers. Police. I'm just holding it for a friend. A Louisiana woman allegedly caught with meth hidden inside her vagina said she didn't know where the drugs came from. <laughs> I, got, I got no idea. How did that get in there? <laughs> you know, officer, I did ride the subway earlier and I was wearing a skirt. So, you, you know, people leave all kinds of shit on the seat. Newspaper, gambling tickets, keys, bags of methamphetamine. It could have just got sucked up right in there when I hit a bump. Ashley Beth Rowland, 23, was accused on July 31 of stealing $5,000 from the apartment of a man she'd been staying with for about a week, according to documents published by the Wichita Parish Sheriff's Office. There's the lovely young lady with the mystery box. The man told West Monroe Police Department that while she was showering, Rowland swiped his cash and left. Roland allegedly confessed to police that she did take the man's money and left his apartment. The document said a female correctional officer later searched Roland and inside of Roland's vagina discovered $6,233. So she put the money in there as well. Because <laughs> that's, that's going to keep it safe. You know, ladies, yeah, here's, here's a hot tip for you. Uh, if you are a, an attractive young lady... You should absolutely put things of value in your vagina because that is the last place that young men want to get to, obviously. No man is ever going to want to look inside your vagina, so you should put all of your valuables there. <laughs> men aren't interested in, in vaginas. They'll never find it here. Along with a clear plastic bag of roughly one gram of meth, which Roland de denied was hers. <laughs> no, no, no. See, officer, you've got it all wrong. You've got it all wrong. The the wads of cash that were in my vagina, that's, that's what I stole. But the bag of methamphetamine, pff, your guess is as good as mine, bro. I've got no idea. I, I got no idea how that ended up up there. Like I said, I was riding the bus. People leave, leave all kinds of strange things on the seat. I was just holding it for a friend. You know, um, I had a number of friends inside my vagina last week. Any any number of them could have left it behind. <laughs> Why, my father, I am from Louisiana. My father was visiting my vagina on Tuesday. 
He's had some. He's had some emotional problems in the past. <laughs> Was that too low? Was that too low? Did I just give like an inbred joke slap to the son? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. It was just there. It was just waiting. It was just waiting. I had to do it. I apologize. Don't take it personally. Don't take it personally. But if I didn't make some kind of incest joke in regards to this story, then I'm, I wouldn't have been able to sleep tonight. I wouldn't have been able to live with myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, uh, I hope that doesn't get flagged as potentially hateful. Oh, dear. Got to be very careful these days. Uh, it is a good idea, though, of course, to have the law enforcement agencies, ladies and gentlemen, uh, monitoring our social media accounts for potentially dangerous behaviour. There's meth in our vaginas and hate in our hearts. What could possibly go wrong? Who saw this video going around the other day? Now, I didn't know, at first, I didn't realise that this was a television show, which kind of makes it less awesome, if you're asking me. Earth Citizen's like, what the hell did I just walk into? <laughs> That's what the young lady was asking when she woke up the next morning and found a bag of meth in her vagina and she didn't know how it got there. <laughs> what the hell did I just walk into? Just a big pile of meth. So I didn't know that this was a television show. So when I found out it was a television show, I'm like, ah, well, maybe the judge is doing it for the cameras then. But it's still kind of good nonetheless. So let's have a little look at this. Because I'm gonna, what I'm going to do now is show you the difference. I'm going to do a little bit of comparison. People often ask me about Australiana and Australian culture and what's it like to live in Australia. So I'm going to give you the difference between how your old people are treated when they commit some kind of traffic infraction, when they commit some kind of traffic offence, and how we treat our old people when they are hooning around on the streets. <laughs> so... Thank you. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Judge. Mr. Kowala, you are charged with a school zone violation. Beg pardon? You are charged with a school zone violation, right. which means that you were exceeding the speed limit in a school zone. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen Robert Muller contesting his speeding ticket today in court. Mr. Muller, did you not see that small child walking across the pedestrian crossing? No, it wasn't was in my purview. It wasn't in my purview. Mr. Muller, when was the last time you had a service on your vehicle? You reported to the police that the uh, accelerator was sticking? Well, I can't get into it. <laughs> Mr. Muller, didn't you see the, the garden with all the little garden gnomes as you ploughed into the living room? of the unsuspecting family killing their three-year-old daughter uh, wasn't in my purview. I can't get into it. Robert Muller, ladies, I hope he gets off. He doesn't deserve this kind of treatment. He's an American hero. Robert Muller is an American hero. Good on him for contesting. He just, we just can't get Robert Muller out of the courtroom, can we? I don't drive that fast, Judge. I'm 96 years old and I drive slowly and I only drive when I have to. I was going to the blood work for my boy. He's handicapped. Oh. You were taking your son to the doctor's office? Yeah. I take him for blood work mm -hmm. every two weeks because he's got cancer. You are a good man. 
You are a good man. You are you, you really are what America is all about. Here you are in your nineties and you're still yeah. taking yes, care Brett, of your family. Brett Harris in the chat it's correctly just... identifying they were Russian gnomes. <laughs> so it was right to it was right to drive over them. Because Robert Muller's a patriot. So he was correct. Drive over the Russian gnomes wherever you see them. Wipe those little Ruski bastards out. It's a wonderful thing for you. Well, how old is your son? 63. Yeah. And he's still, daddy's still taking care of him, right? Yeah. <laughs> I only drive when I have to. Yeah. You see that young man over there? That's my son. Now, he's looking at me saying, Dad, when you're in your 90s, you're going to be driving me around. <laughs> you're setting a bad example for my kid. <laughs> Master of Blackjack. Not too old to play the sympathy card. <laughs> but you got to understand. You all, <laughs> maybe we need another judge. Maybe another judge would come in here and say, I don't give a fuck, sir. You were speeding. <laughs> 60 days in the locker. <laughs> it down the car. And I hope your son dies of cancer, damn it. <laughs> you're, put, you're putting a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> Listen, sir, I wish you all the best. I wish the best for your son. And I wish you good health. And your case is dismissed. Good luck to you and God bless you. Thank you. Okay. So that's one way to deal with um, elderly people when they <laughs> when they commit a traffic offence. You're what America is all about. You're a good person. Here's how we do it down under. An elderly Queensland woman with a shocking history of drink driving <laughs> has been released by a magistrate, <laughs> as Emily Payne reports. Boo! Lock her up! We need to lock up this grey-haired Andretti wannabe immediately. Who the hell does this old girl think she is? What, she was let out? The hell is What the hell is going on in this country? We can't let these grey-haired hooligans out on the street at will. Think of the children. ...of drink driving has been released by a magistrate. As Ooh. Emily Payne reports... She hurled abuse at other motorists before crashing into a young mum. <laughs> See, our, our old people aren't as nice. <laughs> our old, um, <laughs> our old driving offenders uh, are not, you know, nice 96-year-old men who drive their 63-year-old sons for their cancer treatment. Our elderly drivers are drunken maniacs <laughs> who sit on the bottle in the AM and then at lunchtime decide to go out for a bit of a joyride and just plough into pedestrians whilst they're hurling abuse at other drivers on the street. <laughs> it's lunchtime on a Friday along the Ipswich motorway. Oh, the switch. It's the switch. Trusty switch. Non-Americans won't understand this. Um, Ipswich is a town in Queensland. and I know Brett Harris is in it. Brett will know exactly what I'm talking about when we talk about the switch. <laughs> so there's a whole like range of memes about the switch. 
it's a kind of thing like so if you see a pregnant woman in tracksuit pants smoking a cigarette drinking a scotch on the street at 9 30 in the morning you'll be like ah ipswich classy switch you know what i mean <laughs> so of course it had to be ipswich it's our florida <laughs> it's just fuck off <laughs> you're never too old to have road rage it's lunchtime on a Friday. And didn't I tell you at lunchtime? Didn't I say she would have been drinking in the morning? I haven't. I didn't watch this. I told you she would have been drinking in the morning and then go for a drive at lunchtime. Bang on. And it's Ipswich. Ipswich Motorway. Oh, for sake. It's off. 70-year-old Bernadette Tanks is behind Tanks. the wheel. She's found out. <laughs> Bernadette Tanks is a little tanked. Oh, it's just too perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes brief moments in history, all the stars align and all of the dimensions are in perfect balance. <laughs> and sometimes things like this, little sproutings of humanity and spiritual, a linear spiritual pattern of things emerges. And it's, it's, when, it's when you see things like this, the 70-year-old woman, drunk before lunchtime, abusing other motorists. Just fuck off. <laughs> In Ipswich. <laughs> it's moments like these, ladies and gentlemen, where I truly know, not think, know that there is indeed a God. And blind drunk. Four blind times drunk. The legal limit. Oh, you you can't. Oh, you can't. You're just a fucking cunt. Recording every second of her boozy bender. Isn't she lovely? Why was she recording it? Oh, she's got one of those uh, dash cams, right? In case she gets into an accident to prove her innocence. <laughs> Ah, oh, she's a thinker. She's a thinker, this old girl. Respect your elders, by the way. Uh, she's a thinker, this one. Y you know, honey, I'm going to get one of those fucking dash cams just so next time I get into a prang, I'll be able to film the fucking cunt on the road who made me run up his backside when I was on my way to the, the liquor store. How about that? That'll show him. <laughs> You're just a her own dash camera is recording every second of her boozy bender, including her expletive-riddled commentary. Fraught with near misses. <laughs> swerving in and out of lanes, narrowly avoiding a collision at Red Bank, blaming Jesus. other drivers for getting in her way. She's swerving into the other guy. You're all over the road, you fucking idiot. <laughs> she nearly hit a wall, a stationary wall. <laughs> this, is, this is the best thing I've seen all week. This is by far the best thing I've seen all week. Nothing compares to this. Her drunken motorway dash finally... This is so Australian. This is so switch.
Finally coming to an end in one sobering oh, 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 second. Oh, 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 oh. Running up the back of a young mother's car with her two kids inside. What were you doing parked there, you fucking cunt? <laughs> Nine News has spoken to the single Ipswich mother, but she's too afraid to speak on camera. She claims after the crash in March, Bernadette Tanks and her family have been harassing her. <laughs> so the old fucking, the old lady, the old lady Tanks, Bernadette Tanks gets tanked before lunchtime, jumps in her car, then records her own drunken rampage around the streets of Ipswich abusing other drivers, get the fuck off the road, <laughs> runs up the back of an innocent motorist, a single mum, just doing a shopping. You saw the shopping in the back of the car. And the single mum doesn't want to go on camera because the old lady who was drunk before lunchtime harassing other drivers has been, and her family have been harassing the person that she drove into. <laughs> this is... This is this is Australia, ladies and gentlemen. Get out of here. Get out of here, you bitch. A magistrate sentenced her to 12 months jail, but suspended it immediately, allowing the 70-year-old to walk free. Lock her up. Lock her up. Boo! <laughs> I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the end of another edition of the Daily Boogie. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you'd like to become a supporter of the show, please head over to patreon.com forward slash boogie bumper. Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to flag me as a potentially dangerous 70-year-old pensioner who's drunk driving, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogie bumper and alerting your local authorities. I'll be back on Sunday night with Trust and Verify. Don't forget tomorrow night, if she's doing it, I'm not sure, Kimmy Jong-un with my favourite things. Hopefully another show tomorrow night there, Kimbo. Uh, I'll be back Sunday night, Trust and Verify at TAV Show. And then Monday night once again for another brand new week of the Daily Boogie. Thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, stay calm, stay rational, God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. just want to say thank you, a uh, special thank you. A couple of new people have decided to become supporters of the show. I just want to say thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for being a supporter of the show. Uh, it's much appreciated. Thank you so much. I'll see you again on Sunday night, guys. Have a beautiful day. Have a lovely weekend. Try not to get drunk before lunch. And if you do, don't drive. <laughs> but if you do drive, make sure you abuse everyone else on the road for our amusement here on this show. All right, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye.